Welcome to the Muckle Teal Football Show. My name is Miles. The New York Jets beat the Buffalo Bills 22 to 16 in the Monday Night Football overtime. A walk-off punt return. A walk-off punt return in overtime. Our first since 2011 in this fine league. A roller coaster of a night. I, I don't know if New York Jet fans, I don't know what they feel. I don't know if they know what they feel today. Their star or their hope, their quarterback that they scored in free agency, first ballot Hall of Fame Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers comes to New York Jets and gets hurt on the fourth play. When I saw him sit down, I, you could just see his face. You know, we... We've been hanging around Aaron Rodgers for a long time. I knew that face. Oh, man. I mean, it appears to be very serious. I don't have all the information, but that's that's the whole thing. They're all like, oh, you know, we can't say for sure, but it's bad. Like, if you're saying, but it's bad, then it's bad. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said that. But the Jets still pulled out the win tonight. So it's just this roller coaster over the Bills, the favorites in the AFC East. The fifth play from scrimmage, Zach Wilson is walking off the sideline. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are trying to give him a little hype. They're like, he's, he's more confident now. But Zach Wilson, had, a, had a, he struggled today. 14 for 21, 140 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And the touchdown was a honestly a misthrown fade that Garrett Wilson makes one of the it makes a DeAndre Hopkins type of bat it to myself and catch it routine amazing catch Garrett Wilson fantastic player and Brees Hall had a fantastic day running back for the Jets 10 rushes for 127 yards he was just bulldozing over those Buffalo Bills and the Jets defense they flummoxed Josh Allen. Three interceptions, all to uh, Jordan Whitehead. A lost fumble. It all makes it, I don't know, is that it all makes puts a pit in your stomach because Rodgers clearly out for a long time, if not the whole year. They're thinking Achilles injury, but nobody will say it yet for sure, uh, which, you know, I understand you got to get your, get the doctors to, to look at it and stuff, but Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, this great defense. The Jets have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Just beat the hell out of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they should have won. If Aaron Rodgers plays this whole game, it's a blowout based on how it went. Josh Allen, I mean, obviously all the turnovers. Worse for Allen, besides the bad reads and 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 some of the some of the turnovers, was he is continuing to take unnecessary hits it's ridiculous i just josh allen man get it through your head it's unbelievable it was one of my biggest frustrations last year and it absolutely continued today he's up there's no reason to take or lunge for one more yard he takes the hit it's hard and aikman was talking about it and it's just i, I he talked and talked about it apparently but i did not see it in week one He's going to get hurt. Absolutely. It, the rest of his career, if he doesn't figure this out. 
Every every season of his career is going to end in some kind of injury or he's going to get banged up and play through it. It's just going to ha- happen. And Josh Allen, I mean, he got, they got, Josh Allen got the ball in overtime. This was the thing, Buffalo Bills fans, the 13 seconds game. If only we could have got the ball first, the team that gets the ball first always wins. Well, they went three and out. Actually lost two yards, punting from on fourth and 12. And that punt, of course, in overtime, returned by Jets undrafted rookie. Xavier Gibson. And it was a fan, it was like it was a good punt return. Like a, a veteran punt return. There was that first cut, but then he kind of shifts down, lets blockers get in front of you. There's an awareness of of not just everywhere, everyone on the field when he gets to that sideline. This did not look like a touchdown initially, but so he, he waits for the blockers and he also has awareness of, of who has the angle on him. The punter had an angle on him, but he knows that's incidental because it's the punter blows right past him. It's something you wouldn't do to, you know, to a DP or, or a linebacker at, a, at an angle. You wouldn't do that for It's a great, great punt return by Gibson. And the, the broadcast made a big deal about, Oh, you know, there was a missed tripping call. I actually disagree. I, the, the ref analyst for ESPN said there was an asterisk, like I, I, I mean, I see how it could have been called, but I completely disagree with it being a missed call. It was a good no call, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think I even lean that way. The the Buffalo player, so the Jets player who who went if for the block, definitely got in the way of the Buffalo player enough that they were already falling, and the leg kick out change the trajectory of the Buffalo's players fall. Basically <laughs> didn't cause the fall. I don't know that that's my opinion. So Gibson scores jets fans are going nuts. What a journey. What a roller coaster of emotion tonight from the Rogers injury to an overtime punt return to beat the bills on Monday night football on nine 11. Unbelievable. Just, pouring of emotions out out there tonight on monday night football this is what this is what you this is what you want fo- football for this is what you watch football for and i honestly think the jets fans deserve even a, another level of praise i i have a good sound bar here i don't have like surround sound i wasn't there but the crowd to me seemed to to i've got a hypothesis they actually kind of pulled this out through karma because when Rodgers got hurt in that fourth play, you could hear a pin drop. As Zach Wilson walked on the field, the Jets crowd was super positive. They were clapping and, and cheering and giving him some support. And then they cheered the entry of his game. Then his first completion, they cheered like more than what I think a natural crowd reaction to this would have been. And certainly after having just seen your star free agent first ballot hall of famer quarterback go down on the fourth play. So yeah, nothing's confirmed on Aaron Rodgers, but it seems like he's going to be out for the year. I mean, Sala concerned about Achilles. He said prayers tonight, but it's not good. You know, (laughs) he doesn't say that if it's not, if there's any hope, you know, and Adam Schefter all but said it at halftime, he made a point to say the team knows. I almost think he was like 
they had a little feistiness from Schefter. He was like, I was told not to say it, but they told me they know it. So how does that make sense? I mean, NFL insiders, their jobs are not to keep you accurately informed. They're to suck up and be mouthpieces for, you know, for their meals to the teams and the agents. But nice to see a little feistiness from Schefter here. Like they know what it is. And they told me not to say it, even though they know what it is. So, oh, I don't think the Jets are going anywhere with Zach Wilson. So this, this was it. This was the high point of the Jets season, potentially. Uncle Teo Football Show shows football everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of the season. Subscribe, share, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. We have shows Monday after Monday Night Football, Thursday after Thursday Night Football, Sunday after Sunday Night Football. Michael Teo Football Show is brought to you by Paramount Pictures, Matthew Stafford's Magical Beans, the story of a quarterback from Georgia to Detroit to the big city of the coast, who ever so often looks like the best NFL quarterback in the league. Scientists are stumped, but Stafford's got a bean secret coming to a theater near you any week. Week one's in the books. Let's talk about a few other games. Check out yesterday's podcast after Sunday Night Football. We talked Dallas Giants and we talked 49ers Steelers. We talked Eagles Patriots. We talked Bears Packers. Tonight I want to talk about the Browns and the Bengals, the Dolphins and the Chargers. Two of the big, big games that everybody, everybody's talking about these two games and what do they mean? Week one, such a hard week to, to find out, you know, what are we supposed to learn from this? Yeah, is it anything? We kind of know it's nothing. <laughs> like deep down, we all know that. But the Browns throttled the Bengals in the Battle of Ohio. Browns 24, Bengals 3. It, it's weird the Bengals just with Joe Burrow continue to struggle with the Browns. Um, but also continue to struggle with week one. You know, Joe Burrow had that calf injury. No training camp. Maybe that's kind of showing there. Remember, he had five turnovers last year in week one versus the Steelers. And none of us cared about that as as Joe Burrow and the Bengals almost went to back-to-back Super Bowls last year. But there is a difference. So last year, week one, Joe Burrow, the Bengals, it was chaos. He was 33 for 53, 338 yards, two touchdowns, but four interceptions and a fumble loss. Just chaos. This was a dud. Three points. He was, Burrow was 14 for 31 for 82 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Jake Browning, former UW Husky coming in pretty, pretty early in the fourth quarter through the white flag. So, and yeah, it was raining. You know, there's, that's getting a lot of blame. It's probably all a combo of, of all these things. No training camp, the rain, the fact that the, the Browns just appear to be a bad matchup for the Bengals. You know, Jamar Chase looked fine, but T. Higgins was out of sorts. The Bengals tend to start slow early. And the, and the Browns, <laughs> the Browns defense, it, it looked much different than last year. And, and they have... They have put, whenever something connects 
with the offseason story in week one. It's very powerful. And one of the offseason stories for the Browns was they were getting some an infusion of help for Miles Garrett on that defensive line. And when you have a blue chip, Miles, when you have a blue chip, Miles, like this podcast does and the Browns do, even if he spells with a Y, and you free him up a little bit, he was unstoppable. Then the new defensive coordinator. I heard one of the big things from Browns fans last year, you know, every team complains, like every team's fan base complains about coordinators all the time, but one of the really froth at the mouth <laughs> coordinator complaints last year was the Cleveland Browns about their defensive coordinator and their defensive scheme. Deshaun Watson, not really a story. Nick Chubb had a hundred yards, but wow. I mean, we just talked about the bills going zero and one. We talked about the chiefs going zero and one on Thursday. The Bengals are also zero and one. So our three Big three AFC. Like, who's going to win the AFC? Not with Burrow, Allen, Mahomes. They all start in a little bit of a hole. 0 and 1. And Joe Burrow, 1 and 5 versus the Browns. About 20% of Cleveland's wins in the last four seasons are against Joe Burrow, <laughs> who in that same time span has become a superstar. <laughs> Just bizarre. I, I, what great quarterback has ever struggled against a random division bottom feeder like this. I mean, it's like Montana and Young, they beat the heck out of the Falcons and the Saints and Farvin Rogers beat the heck out of the Bears and the Lions. You know, it's like, it's weird. You know, the only thing I can think of that it reminds me of is Elway and the Raiders. You know, for whatever reason, the Raiders tended to have Elway's number, but more in the middle of his career, which was the weaker part of the the Elway Broncos team. So I don't know. Burrow one in five versus the Browns. Quite strange. But it's only week one. The other game I wanted to talk about, Dolphins. Winning is a seven lead change thriller against the Chargers, 36-34. The big takeaway, it's hard not to contrast the uh, the Sunday night football game last year in which it appeared that Brandon Staley and the Chargers had the antidote to the Tua Tungavailoa, the Mike McDaniels, Miami Dolphins. Now they come here and they just put up 36 points on them. Tua's got 466 yards. Tyreek Hill's got 215 yards receiving. It's crazy. The Dolphins, they, they got frustrated with that Brandon Staley scheme. So what did they do? They went out. And they grabbed Brandon Staley's mentor, Vic Fangio, for their own defense. Of course, this was a shootout, so it's kind of funny that Vic Fangio and his protege, Brandon Staley, who have like this big, remember 2019, 2020, 2021, they're like those two, Staley and Fangio's, like they've, they've put the, the counter punch because offense was taking over the NFL and then 19, 20, and 21, you know, it's like the, the counter punch is in this scheme. And here they are, Fangio and Staley, playing against each other. Staley is the head coach for the Chargers. Fangio is a defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. And this is the shootout of the week. <laughs> Fangio, though, I mean, the Dolphins, they won. And they had this, uh, you know, there's a better press spin on it because Vic Fangio called those blitzes at the end. So the, the Dolphins went up 36-34. Justin Herbert comes out. He just needs 30 yards to get to a field goal that will win the game for the Chargers. 
Fangio dials up some blitzes that no blitzing had been done really the whole game. It's very visible. It's flummoxed Herbert. Turnover on downs. Dolphins win. Pretty great stuff. And it's, it's kind of a... You know, a step backwards from the classic Chargers script, you know, the Phillip Rivers, usually in the starring role, the defense gives up the lead, their, their heroic quarterback, it was Rivers, it's been Herbert the last couple of few years, brings them back through some improbable third and longs into field goal range, Chargers are set up to win the game or tie the game, and the kicker misses it. <laughs> That's the Chargers script. We didn't even get to the kicker part. Justin Herbert was okay. He, he looked good. Eckler was fabulous until he got banged up. I mean, they only lost by two points. So they, the Chargers offense played well. Um, but the story is the Dolphins. Tua, 466 yards. That is a top 60 passing yardage day of all time. It's not a Dolphins record. Of course, I don't even know if it's a Dolphins top five. It's not even a week one Dolphins record. <laughs> That's what happens when you join the franchise of Dan Marino. Sorry, Tua. Um, still a great day. Tyreek Hill, 215 yards receiving. It felt and it felt like more. 215 yards and it felt like more. Neil Young. There's only been two other 200-yard performances from a receiver uh, in week one in NFL history. And they were both Anquan Bolden. 2003, his first ever game with the Cardinals as a rookie. And then 2013, after he had won the Super Bowl with the Ravens, he was free agent over to the 49ers. His first game as a 49er was his other 200-yard game in week one. So Anquan Bolden, you know, very different player than Tyreek Hill. Uh, I don't know. Can the Dolphins keep this up? Can they keep Tua healthy? Can Hill stay healthy? Waddle stay healthy? I don't know, but it was it was one of the reasons I put in the preview, right? I said these are I love Dolphins Chargers in week one because everybody's healthy. And so this is a best possible situation. And we got a classic. It was a thriller. It was fun. And Tua This is pure like eyeball gibberish, but Tua looked good for the first time to me. Like truly good. I mean, I know he had I think 469, like a couple, couple more yards last year. So this wasn't even his, his best passing yard game. But, and he had a 382-yard game against the Lions last year as well. Neither of them looked like this to me. He was crisper. He was smoother. A couple of underthrows, but so much. He's always been good at the timing, but there was so much like pep on some of the, some, some zest. There was more zest. <laughs> All right. Malcolm's Football Show will be back Thursday. We'll talk about the Vikings and the Eagles, and then we'll preview a couple of the games. And the 2023 NFL season is underway!